Greetings and salutations. This is the one and only Fact Daddy. Uh, how the fuck are you doing? Uh, I'm pretty late with a bunch of shit and I do things at a turtle's pace. Uh, so, i just been actually just living life. There actually hasn't been a lot of things that interest me nowadays. I mean, um, that's just how it is. Anyway, <clears throat> just going to talk shit about Spider-Verse across the Spider-Verse or Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Um, the, these films, these Spider-Verse films, they're incredible. They're literally feats of animation. I'm utterly and totally amazed. And the way that the voice acting falls right in there. um, It just makes it all the more seriously entertaining. I think like it's one of the best Marvel films ever made. Um, You know. Like the setup for the ordeal that Miles has to go through is equally if not more heart-wrenching than the suffering of uh, Peter Parker in the last Spider-Man film. Um, It's kind of crazy and intense, you know. uh, Because, you know, if you saw the, the No Way Home, then you're aware that the current predicament of Tom Holland's Spider-Man is a deeply horrific existence where, you know, others forget that you ever existed so that the universe can be safe. (laughs) Which is just, that's a lot, actually, if you think about it, but... um, that Mysterio scenario where, you know, he basically got blown up. His spot was blown up. Um, but Miles, it's on some entirely different shit. Um, it's on some, perhaps your existence is, uh, An anomaly to every other existing Spider-Verse. And it's perceived and considered in a negative way. Now, how am I starting my review of this movie by saying all this? Well, I mean, the overarching shifts in the film. Like, you know, initially you see Miles living his life. And, you know, he's lonely, but he's doing okay. Um, obviously he misses the other Spider-Mans and especially, you know, Spider-Gwen. Um, but, you know, this multiversal stuff is, is fascinating when it's done well. Um, and, and this film, uh, even better than the last film, it, it, it still manages to stay stylistically coherent even though 
its use of so many different animation styles is mind shattering. Um, it's like someone who just loves animation and has all these influences, and you get these different teams of people who are very skilled at representing, you know, a variety of animations, and they make this film. It's like a, they love Spider Man, um, and B. Uh, they love animation. Uh, the animation in this movie is incredible. Um, but I started out like that because, you know, Miles misses Gwen. He misses the Spider-Mans. He's living a ho-hum life. He's having some difficulty juggling his role. And um, all that comes with it because, you know, if you have to go to school and stop criminals and stuff, I don't really care what anyone tells you. It's a, a pain in the ass. That's what it is. It's a massive pain in the ass. <laughs> but the point is, you know, Miles has a lot on his plate. You know, just knowing there are other universes. Like, this is information people take for granted. It's one thing to theoretically, but imagine if instead of theoretically you experienced it it's experiential you know that the world you inhabit is just one of many worlds that are literally and very realistically they exist as much as we exist and to know and have that information and then have it compounded by you know some unpleasant deceptions and other things that happened to to miles because i mean that film felt like 2020 it felt like the entire world was just yanked from underneath your feet and whatever little bubble that you inhabited that felt safe and secure and right everything was just kind of upended and torn apart um you know, fragile allegiances shattered and, you know, people are just trying to keep their head above water. But when, you know, every allegiance you possibly held close to you um, outside of your immediate family, and that's if you get along with them, but for miles outside of his immediate family any connection that he made that was meaningful to him was shattered due to this um huge like <laughs> kind of rick and morty like um you know like how they deal with the the multiverse i mean they incorporated it immediately in it you know they built very cool things around it up until you know that fifth season because um, I, I don't know how I feel about either the fifth or sixth season and you know the end of you know Rick and Morty maybe they'll do a better job or something but uh, I mean he does both of the main characters voices and write shit it's just like it's like if one of the fucking South Park dudes wasn't there anymore. I don't really care what anyone says. You kind of need that tandem, you know? And that guy was like, that's a lot. When you're writing, you know, and you're doing all the voices and shit. 
I mean, and he was the voice for Rick and Morty. So I don't even know how any of that works. But anyway, yeah, it was it had that kind of craziness to it, but I mean, this guy's just you know, is it better to be forgotten or to be blamed as a source of everyone's misery? Like that's the the context of, you know, the movie. Like um I just thought it was I just thought, damn, poor Miles, man. I mean, you know, getting that anomaly tag and then, you know, he's like saying he's going to, you know, deal with things his way. And, you know, um, the thing about the hero journey that I don't think a lot of us get, um, it's really an insane and difficult journey and it's a journey that doesn't necessitate uh the fulfillment of the desire to be acknowledged as a hero because ultimately what occurs within you is what dictates how you act and so emotionally if you're a sound individual and you have empathy if someone is suffering you feel it intensely and it's not necessarily about alleviating suffering it's just about guiding someone through suffering because suffering comes and goes based on the state of your consciousness but sometimes your mind itself weighs in on you because it's always with you and you can't quiet it um you know Quieting the mind, especially in the modern age, is just a, a simple way to get clear with yourself. You know, if you're single and you're working and you got to pay for an apartment or a home, and I mean, that's hard. People might not think it's hard because it's supposed to be common, but it's difficult. Uh, you add a partner, it could be easier in terms of the finances, but depending on the cost of living, the workload at your respective jobs, that's difficult. Um, the political landscape's frightening. I mean, life is just very intense. And oddly enough, the that isolation and suffering, you can grow from it or it can destroy you, but it's definitely soul-destroying stuff it definitely if you question the nature of a singular reality where you're aware that the reality you inhabit is the one and only pure reality and discover and experience that there are multiple realities and then to have it kind of ping on you that how you are and 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 you know is an anomaly and granted there's a, a basis for it like supposedly um it's not supposedly within the context of the story miles was bitten by a spider from another reality and because of that he is an anomaly um because no other spider man variant um has that background and at the same time the way that i perceive it or the way that i construe it is 
that's not a bad thing. However, this has like a broader analytical application in that if you look at anything innovative, if you look at the vast majority of innovations that occur uh, amongst our species, usually every single idea is kind of met with a okay. And that's because it just hasn't been done before. If it hasn't been done before, all of the reactions will be raw and fresh. And if it's been done before, it'll either get a nostalgic thumbs up or a total thumbs down. And anyone who's actually taken the time to listen to these podcasts that I do may be aware of the fact that I love to digress. Um, And, you know, talking about like old i love older styles even if they're not applicable or hip um i even enjoyed melly mel's diss on eminem enjoyed it in the sense that i found it very funny and i thought it was catchy um you know like i don't even know he what he's saying like he says something along the lines of why you hurt why you mad now you look bad like a roach just crawled out of your book bag like he said like a roach <laughs> just crawled up out of your book bag oh man in a packed class you lack class go to bed with no supper <laughs> cause you gotta suffer the backlash like I don't I mean it's just it was like it was like early 80's like late 70's sounding like if it came out back then it would have been fucking incredible but it came out in 2023 against Eminem. And I mean, you know, people might go, oh, you're just a rapper. But there's breath control, first of all. You, you have to have breath control. You have to have some knowledge of the English language, you know, to play off of words in, in multiple ways. And to make concise, clear, and, and clipping statements. So there's actually an art to putting your words together and then expressing them in a very specific and direct manner that shows a kind of verbal and intellectual dynamism but manages to keep its core or heart in the streets um, and in conflict. Because yes, hip-hop is always like there's always been this battle rapper thing going on i mean i remember when ll cool j was beefing with cool modi and i was like what the shit is that um many years later i gotta give cool modi props for <laughs> actually you know going going back to ll to the point where he inspired you know one of ll's coolest songs which is you know mama's gonna knock you out you know or mama said knock you out my bad that'd be funny if he was like I'm beefing with you. Fuck you. I had my mom knock you the fuck out. Except, you know, in the context of LL, that's terrible humor. Um, because of his extraordinarily tragic and sad beginnings and as it regards his parents. I'm not even fucking joking. I, you know. Um, I was just making a point. Which is that, you know, they've been, like, dissing each other forever. You know, um... Like MC Shan and KRS-One when KRS-One did that The Bridge Is Over. Like, I don't even remember any of the lyrics, any of that shit. The only thing I remember from that song is The Bridge Is Over. The Bridge Is Over. Booty Bye Bye. And, <laughs> you know, 
But that he, I guess he dissed him, man. But we all thought KRS-One was was better than MC Shan. Um, not that MC Shan was bad, um, but KRS-One had a very distinct voice, you know, and and very interesting ideas, uh, to say the least. Um, yeah. So, point being, like you know. Seeing how they integrated all of that animation, you got to understand when you're watching animation that literally the way that the characters move to evoke emotion and the way that the voice actor kind of syncs up with their character visually for us, the audience, this movie had it nailed down to like a fucking science. I thought it was fucking, it's brilliant. And I mean, I, I feel actually super awful and terrible for any of the spider-mans any of them any of them but you know when you start getting to multiverses and you got the weight of what infinite universes on your shoulder what are you supposed to actually do <laughs> uh, you know we, we're gonna be finding out because you know not only was this movie awesome but this movie also ended on like you know there's going to be another one which is great um because honestly i was like i don't know they're going to do a second one like and it was amazing um like really i think that team can run through all the fucking marvel people because there's a lot of cool stories from like the 70s and 80s and 90s with spider-man and with like the X-Men, for example. I mean, could you imagine if they actually did like an awesome X-Men movie? You know, um, me personally, I would like to see like the classic Mark Silvestri um, X-Men with like the brood and shit. Like, because the brood were fucking like weird. They were like alien werewolves that fuck shit up. But if they could take like these movies as a blueprint for making super awesome shit from Marvel material like they could take a huge chunk of the Ron Lim run on the Silver Surfer from the 90s and fucking make that an animated movie and that shit would fucking blow people's minds because those books were fucking awesome like people slept on the Silver Surfer. Yeah, he was like a a, a, a tainted hero, an anti-hero because you know he was uh, recreated so he could save his home world, and he had to lead this world-devouring cosmic entity known as Galactus. To but the story's crazy. The story's crazy, man. Like the Silver Surfer is crazy, and he's crazy powerful too. Like. I, I know they couldn't really slap them together for any of these fucking Marvel movies, but that shit upsets me because the Silver Surfer is an incredible character and a, a complicated character. I mean, the circumstances are, are literally mind-blowing. You don't even know. Okay, I got to help this guy who basically came to eat my world find other worlds to eat so he won't eat my world. Well... Do I love my world? 
put yourself in that position? Or would you feel astronomical guilt at being the harbinger of genocide for other worlds? How do you weigh your morality? I mean, if the universe created an organism that could fucking devour worlds, it's got to eat something. <laughs> right? Anyway, that's... The Spider-Verse is incredible, man. Um, this movie was incredible. I don't, I don't have a lot to say about it outside of what I feel is the character development and arc for Miles, which is basically highly intense suffering and self-reflection and realizing the fluidity of connection because connections aren't really severed. They're just fluid. You're, you are where you are because that's where you're at. That's it, you know. Um, but connections with people, they're, they're complex because we keep changing, all of us. Um, one of the reasons, even though all the information's in front of you as a kid, that you don't really pick up on all the crazy shit you go through um, in your late 20s all the way up until your mid-40s is that you had a certain vision of the world because you were a child. And, you know, the world... Uh, was never as you imagined it but not nary as horrifying or scary as you you might have thought it was it's both better than that and far far worse um to have such moody clever animals running amok on the surface of a beautiful planet i mean who knows what's gonna happen but anyway it's the fact daddy um done talking shit about this particular movie um but again it was a fucking cool movie man i don't say that shit lightly um like there's dumb shit that i get into and like i've been on and off watching that righteous gemstones um but man that seems like so accurate on a jim and tammy faye baker level uh, on a jimmy swagger level Oh hell sinned. Oh hell sinned. If you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, you just gotta type in the name Jimmy and then Swagger. And you can watch it on YouTube probably. I have sinned. I think he I don't know, he got caught in a hotel with a hooker or something. Um I think the uh, Queensryche song, Revolution Calling, might cover a lot of uh, the concepts. Um, uh, let me see if I can, you know, pull these up. Because they're very interesting. Um, like on that Jimmy Swagger tip. Because, I mean, um, that was like a real thing. You know, like, let me see. All right, so I pulled this up off of some site called Genius. It's just the lyrics for the song, but it goes something like, For a price, I'd do about anything except pull the trigger. For that, I'd need a pretty good cause. Then I heard of Dr. X, the man with the cure. Just watch the television. Yeah, you'll see there's something going on. Got no love for politicians or that crazy scene in D.C. It's just a power-mad town. But the time is right for changes. There's a growing feeling that taking a chance on a new kind of vision is due. 
I used to trust the media to tell me the truth, tell us the truth. But now I've seen the payoffs everywhere I look. Who do you trust when everyone's a crook? Um, and then, of course, there's the chorus, revolution calling, revolution calling. There's a revolution calling. Um, verse 2, but um, let me see. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is the line. I like this. Well, I'm tired of all this bullshit they keep selling me on TV about the communist plan and all the shady preachers begging for my cash. Swiss bank accounts while giving their secretaries the slam. They're all in penthouse now or Playboy magazine. Million dollar stories to tell. I guess Warhol wasn't wrong. Fame 15 minutes long. Everybody, everyone's using everybody making the sale. I used to think that only America's way, way was right. But now the holy dollar rules everyone, everybody's lives. Gotta make a million, doesn't matter who dies. Revolution calling. Revolution calling you. Um, yeah, who do you trust when everyone's a crook, man? <laughs> and, and you gotta think about it. This is like a Queensryche, a rock band. Um, lyrics are so political. And they sound fitting for right now, don't they? Isn't that creepy? <laughs> anyway, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Peace out. You will be hearing from me slightly more frequently if that is something that interests you. Um, and if it doesn't, that's fucking cool, man. Do you? Fact Daddy out. DVR podcast. Peace. <laughs>